And dog. 
tries to hide Trembles at his voice Trembles at his voice How great our God Sing with me How great is our God Oh, we'll sing How great, how great Is our God Age to age He stands And time is in His hands Beginning and the end Beginning and the end The God had three in one Father, Spirit, Son The Lion and the Lamb The Lion and the Father, we're thankful that, God, that no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, no matter what the circumstance or the situation, God, that you're great. Father, that you're greatly to be praised. Father, we know that your name is above every name. Father, that it's your name demons tremble. Father, it's your name we can rejoice. 
Father, I pray as we go into your word this morning, God, that no matter what we're facing, no matter what our situation is, Father, we can look to you and we can know that you're great. God, that your mercy endures forever. Father, as we go into your word, open our hearts, open our minds, and open our ears to hear what it is that you would speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look at somebody and let them know that you are glad that they are at Gateway Church this morning. Summer is in, seems as if it is in full swing. Uh, how many people have, uh, how many people have already been on a vacation? Anybody? Look around and you'll see that the people that you don't see, uh, they beat you, all right? They're already on vacation. Um, but we are excited about what God is doing. And let me uh, just uh, put this out there right up front. Um, we had a, a family carnival planned uh, last Wednesday, and um, if you remember, it rained almost all day Wednesday, uh, so we had to postpone it until this coming Wednesday. Now, this is how things work. When we looked last week, we said, okay, we're going to do it this Wednesday, and the weather forecast was like almost 90 and 0% chance of rain. Uh, you look at it this morning, and it's like 50% chance of rain. So I need you positive people uh, to be on the 50 50% that it's not going to rain, okay? Uh, because we don't have, um, now, Pastor Steve says a little rain ain't never hurt any kid. Uh, so, um, but the point of all that is, is I'd, I'd like for you to come out. And uh, if, if you were planning on coming last week, or maybe you had made the decision not to come last week, and so God had to postpone it just to give you a week to change your mind. Uh, it's gonna be this week. Uh, they can use help. Uh, if you wanna help, you can go down to Kids Church uh, to the little station there and tell them that, that you'd be happy to come and help. They need set up, they need tear down. Um, they're gonna be food and, and all of that. If you have kids, be sure and bring them. Uh, if you have neighborhood kids, tell them about it. Uh, but we want this to be just a, a good time for our community and, and just a chance sort of to kick off summer because we, we are praying that this summer is full of life. Uh, last summer, we want this summer to be the opposite of what last summer was. Uh, last summer was, uh, it was, it, it was pretty boring, uh, if, if you just have to be honest. Uh, and we're praying that this summer is full of life. Uh, the other thing that we know is, is that even though this summer will be full of life, life is full of ups and downs. Life is full. There are good moments. There are bad moments. Uh, there are times that we feel like that everything's going right, and then there's times that it feels like everything's going wrong. Anybody ever been there? And the crazy thing about this is that sometimes they can run together. Sometimes it can, it, it can happen at the same time. So today I want to look at the 84th Psalm. And in the 84th Psalm, it, it tells us about this idea. It, it allows us to know there's going to be valleys and there's going to be mountains. But when we're Reading the 84th Psalm, one thing that we can declare, that when we're going through these mountains and these valleys, we can declare and we can know and we can say that through this, I'm getting stronger. 
I'm getting stronger. There's so many good Psalms. I mean, you, you start thinking about, I mean, Psalms 23. Uh, Psalms 23 is one of the most popular Psalms. Uh, many people know Psalm 23 before they know anything else. Uh, if you were raised in church, if you weren't, you have probably heard Psalms chapter 23. Psalms chapter 119, it's the longest psalm. It talks about the meaning of life. It talks about what really matters. Psalms chapter 51, David is, it's a cry of forgiveness. David's crying out to God in, in this time and he's, he's saying, God, forgive me. There's so many awesome psalms. Psalms 84 is incredible. Psalms 84, it's about a journey. It's about the journey of life. And so this morning, I want to, to dig in a little bit and dive into what David was saying in Psalm 84, verses 1 through 7. And we're going to start just by simply reading those seven verses. It says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty! For my soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young. A place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. So as we're reading those seven verses, I want to look at them just a, a little bit closer. And the first thing I want you to, to realize is and recognize is David says, as they go through the valley of Baca. Now, when you research that, you understand that, that Baca actually means weeping or tears. And the valley of Baca is a valley that, that the children of Israel, many times when they were on their way to Jerusalem, they would have to go through this valley. And in this valley, there were trees that oozed sap. And so when you looked at the trees oozing this sap, it looked like the trees were weeping. Thus, the name, the Valley of Baca, the Valley of Weeping, the Valley of Tears. And so as we look at that, David is saying that those who pass through the Valley of Baca, what he doesn't say is, is those who stay there. What he doesn't say is those who are in the Valley of Baca are defined by it. What he doesn't say is, is they decide to camp out in the valley of Baca. He says, as they pass through, and then he says, they go from strength to strength. They get stronger. And as we look at this passage of scripture, I believe that it's a picture of life. David is, is painting a picture of what life truly looks like. I mean, we understand and we know that sometimes life is so hard to navigate. Sometimes it's like a maze and, and we're trying to, to, to navigate and go from this point to that point. And, and what's crazy is, is how that things can be going so good in one area of life, but in another area, things are just out of control. 
And what we have to understand and realize about mountains and valleys are that they usually grow together. So things can, they can be incredible and they can be crazy at the same time. For example, maybe you're sitting here today and your marriage is at an all-time high. I mean, everything is just, it's like it was the, the day you said, I do. And you know, you've had some, some mountains and some valleys, but right now you're on a mountaintop and, and your marriage is five-star. But your kids are out of control. Your kids are, are losing their mind. You've got one thing in your life that's going great, but then you have something else that is just about to make you lose it. Or maybe it's your job. Maybe you've been getting promoted and you've been getting raises and, and you know, all your coworkers, they just love you and they think you know, you're the best thing since sliced bread and, and, and everything is just going great. And, and, um, but then your health starts to fail you. Or maybe even though things are going great, you, you're, you're emotionally unstable. Mountains and valleys, they grow together. I mean, it would be nice if we could just live from one mountain peak to another. But it doesn't work that way. We were recently in uh, Colorado, and, and so the morning, you know how it is, that last day of vacation when you know you're getting ready to come back to reality? And you just want to put that off as long as you can. And so we were supposed to fly out in the evening. We thought, man, we've got to get one more thing in. We've got to, you know, we may never get back here. And so we start looking and, and we find this mountain range that is close to where we're staying. And we read and it says, you know, you, you, you maybe see some, some live animals. You might see some buffalo. And we thought that's awesome. So we started driving up the mountain and, and uh, we get there and we see some buffalo and we keep going to the top. And, and so when we're at the top, we look and we say, man, that's, a, that's a, a big mountain over there too. And when you're looking at it, it looks like it's right there. And so we say, well, maybe we've got time to, you know, squeeze one more thing in. Maybe we can get there, you know, and not miss the flight. And so we quickly get out our phones and we start to look and we realize what that mountain is and, and, and we understand it's part of the same mountain range, but it tells us that it's, it's like almost an hour away. And that the only way to get there was, of course, go back down the mountain and go through the valley to get to that mountain. Life is the same way. I mean, it would be nice that if we're on this mountaintop and we see that mountaintop over there, if we could just pick ourselves up and just transport ourselves to the other mountaintop, but it doesn't work that like, like that. I mean, if it could work that way, I mean, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? I mean, if everything could be good all the time, but that's not life. Life is full of mountains and valleys. And there's some things that we have to remember the first thing that you have to remember about that is, is that we can enjoy God on the mountain, but we get to know him in the valley. We can enjoy God on the mountain, but we get to know him in the valley. We learn things about him in the valley. I mean, uh, the reality is, is that we don't get stronger when things are easy. We recently purchased a, in that moment, of, anybody ever bought exercise equipment just in a moment of weakness? So we recently had a moment of weakness and we, we purchased one of these Peloton bikes. And so you've got this person on this screen that's yelling at, okay, they don't really yell, but it feels like it. 
And they'll say, all right, the resistance, we're going to take it way down. And, and it's so awesome because you're just sitting there and you're pedaling and it's just like, man, this is great. I'm glad we bought this thing. And then they say, you're not going to stay there because you're not gaining anything. This is just a time to rest. And then they start taking that resistance and moving it up and, and things begin to get harder and harder. But it's in those moments that you're actually getting stronger. When you can pedal easy, there's nothing, really no benefit to it, just to be honest. It's just nice and resting and relaxing, but you're not getting any stronger. And the reality is, is we have never grown stronger when all our plans are perfect. You never go, grow stronger when everything is completely right. It's in the valley that you get stronger. It's in the valley that some things are revealed. It's when that resistance goes up on that bike that I realize that I am out of shape and it hurts my legs. But things happen in the valley that teach us. Valleys get our attention. I mean, sometimes we're on the mountain and we're there and, and we're looking at all the sights and everything's great. And, you know, we're taking selfies and, and it's awesome. But then you get in the valley and, and you're trying to find your devotional book. You get in the valley and you think, God, where are you? God, I need something. That's when you get to know him. That's when you learn things about him. Because in the valley, it's different than the mountaintop. In the valley, you, you lean into prayer. In the valley, you realize that you are not your source. In the valley, you begin to examine yourself. I mean, on the mountain, it's easy to forget about. It's easy to forget about others. It's easy to, to just get into your own little world and, and not want to contribute anything or, or, or just you just want to consume, just eat it all up. But when you're in the valley, you start to look at what really matters. When you're in the valley, you start to evaluate relationships. And you begin to understand that, that, that the time and the effort that you put into those relationships are coming back to you because in the valley, you need them. In the valley, you start looking at your heart. In the valley, you say, God, is there anything in my life that's not pleasing? In the valley, you, you, you start to, to dig into his word. I heard a preacher talk about this and I, I had to laugh because I've witnessed the exact same thing. My sister lives in Myrtle Beach and, and I love my sister, but I'm just gonna say, I hope she stays there. Not because I don't want her close to me, but because it's a free vacation. Everybody likes free vacations, right? All expense paid. Well, at least the lodging. But on more than more occasion, we've been there and, and we've went out to the beach and, and we see this guy there. It's not always the same guy. I hope it's never been any of you. But, it, but, but it's this old man and he's got on his old man beach outfit, which consists of really short shorts. One of those tank tops, I think they call them, well, tank tops. <clears throat> black socks pulled up to here and tennis shoes. And he's got this big, what looks like 
headphones on, but it's not really because he's carrying a metal detector. Has anybody seen this guy? Is anybody this guy? Come on, confession's good for the soul. Nobody's there yet? Okay, that's good. You'll get there, I promise. So there he is, and he's walking the beach, and you know, just in his own little world, and he's looking for, you know, Jack Sparrow's treasure or whatever, and he's going through, and, and, and all of a sudden, you just see his eyes light up, and he gets so excited, and he, and he throws that metal detector down, and, and, and then he starts to dig. He's digging for something that he thinks is going to change his life. Man, if we could just be like that with the Word of God. If we could understand that, that hidden here hidden in our relationship with him. It is something that will change our lives. And in that moment, we, we're in that valley and, and we begin to dig. We're looking for that treasure. Because there's so many things in that word that will help us in the valley. There's passages of scripture such as Proverbs chapter three that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. There's times in our lives that we need to remind ourselves of that. We need to understand and, and realize. We need to dig into his word because there's treasure underneath those dark days. When we're in the valley, there's three declarations that we need to make in order for us to get stronger. And they're found in that same passage of scripture. The first thing we need to understand and we need to declare is that in this valley, I'm getting stronger in the Lord. In this valley, I'm getting stronger in the Lord. Psalm chapter 84, verse five says, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. You see, our dependence, our strength must be in him. Because here's what happens. If you're depending on your strength and that's all the strength that you have, when you get to the end of that strength, there's no more. And there will come a point in time, no matter how strong that you think you are, there will come a point in time when your strength is gone. There will come a time if you're depending on your strength that you're going to get to the end and you're going to say there's no more. I mean, I hear it all the time. Pastor, I have no strength left. Pastor, I'm at the end of my rope. Pastor, I can't go on. Why is that? It's because somewhere along the way we forgot where our strength comes from. We get to the end of our strength. And the, the, your enemy, the devil, the adversary, he will do everything that he can to drain you of your strength. He will do everything that he can to make you feel as if you cannot go on. But man, if we could just get a hold of the fact that we have access to an unlimited amount of strength that's not found in us, but is found in him. We have access to an unlimited amount of strength that will never run out. 
If we can understand and realize that, that our strength, that our source is not in money, it's not in pleasure. You can't find it anywhere or any place except from God. Through him, there's strength that goes beyond anything that we can imagine or anything that we can do in ourselves. But the question for you and the question for me this morning is, who is your source of strength? Who are you relying on? David here made the declaration. He said, I'm getting stronger in the Lord. He said, those whose strength is in you, they're blessed. Those who, who, who put their hearts and set their hearts after you, they're blessed. I'm getting stronger in the Lord. The second declaration that you need to make when you're going through this valley so I'm getting stronger as I take steps forward. I'm getting stronger as I take steps forward. Let's read on in verse six. It says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. The part I wanna focus on there is as they pass through. As they pass through. Through. In other words, they keep walking. In other words, they understand that they're going to get through this valley, but that the only way they can do it is they have to take one step at a time. When we were in Colorado, we were looking at, at the tops of those mountains, and, 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 but the reality is, is you could only drive up so far. And then there come a point that you had to stop in order to get to the rest of the mountain, you had to walk. Now, for me, I would have been perfectly satisfied knowing the fact that I was having a hard time breathing driving the car. I would have been perfectly satisfied just staying right there. One of these things that peer pressure is just, it's just bad. And so, you know, I had my 74-year-old mother-in-law and father-in-law, and, you know, they're running up the mountain. And I'm thinking, man, I've, uh, you know, I, I guess I, I don't want to look bad. I don't want to look bad in front of my in-laws. You think I'd be over that after 27 years, but so we start, we would have to walk. And um, we went to this one mountain and, and supposedly it was where Buffalo Bill's grave was. And so we get to this point and, and from that point we have to, we have to park at the little gift shop. Every place you go in Colorado has a gift shop. You're going to buy something. It's America. And so we stopped there and they said, well, to get to Buffalo Bill's grave, you're going to have to walk up this little path here. I mean, in my mind, I wanted to be spiritual and pull out the Bible and says, you know, it says let the dead bury the dead. I don't really care if Buffalo Bill's up there. But once again, they were going. And so, I, you know, I wanted to say I was there. So we walk up and we, we look at this grave and here we're, you know, we're taking selfies with the dead guy and some other person that was buried beside him. And later that week, I, I, as we were sitting at the airport, with no oxygen and a mask, I started to look at how many steps we had taken from Tuesday until Saturday. And I asked myself the question, if I would have known when I booked this vacation that I was going to take that many steps at that altitude, would I have done it? 
And overwhelmingly, I said, probably not. I don't need the exercise. I have a Peloton. <laughs> but if I would have known how many steps I was going to have to take, would I have done it? And then I asked myself the question, how did I do it? How did I survive? How, how did I take all those steps? I mean, it's like going to Disney. I mean, after a week at Disney or, or, or you've taken all these steps and then you look at it and you think, man, that's amazing. How did I do it? I didn't think I had it in me. You know how I did it? Taking one step at a time. Not looking at how many steps it was going to take to get to where I wanted to go. Taking one step at a time, putting one foot in front of the other. Because here's the reality in life. If you look at all the steps that it's going to take to get to where you want to go, you'll probably never get there. You're going to be defeated before you ever start. If you look at all the steps it's going to take to, to maybe fix your marriage, you may, want, you may want to quit. If you look at, at all the steps it's going to take to, to maybe break an addiction, you'll be overwhelmed. Maybe you're battling an illness and you look at all the steps that it's going to take for you to get better. You may feel defeated. But the reality is, is that we cannot look at the destination. We have to understand that we can get to the destination, but the only way that we can get there is passing through. And the only way that we can pass through is take one step at a time. One step forward at a time. So my question to you is, is what's your next step forward? One of our core values here is that everyone has a next step. We believe that no matter where you are on this journey, you have a next step. What is your next step? What is the next step that you have to take to get to where you're going, to pass through where you are? And too often, we, we try to skip steps. It's been well documented that uh, for a, a year and a half, I had severe back issues. And so after I started feeling better, I'd felt better for two or three months and, and I um, needed to go to the sound booth before the first service. And if you haven't seen the steps that go to the sound booth, I mean, it's, they're steep and they're really tiny. People back then must not have had big feet back in 1925. But I'm looking at this and I think, you know what, there's a lot of steps I want to get there faster. I was feeling pretty good. So I took off basically running up the steps, taking three steps at a time. And I thought if I can do that, I'll get to my destination faster. That way I can get to the donuts and coffee between service faster. But that was my mistake. Because as I was doing that, I turned just the wrong way. And I felt that twinge in my back and, and it began to run down my leg. And immediately the thought came to my mind. You know what the thought was? Boy, that was stupid. So I come back down and um, I'm pretty sure it was my wife. I'm pretty positive of it. She said, what are you limping? So I told her what happened. 
You know what she said? That was stupid. <laughs> they say after you've been together for so long that you start thinking alike. But how often do we do that in our life? How often do we think, well, I can get there quicker if I skip this step. I can get there quicker if I do it this way. Or how often do we look at the destination and say, you know what? I'll never get there. Because the journey is going to be too hard. But when we do that, it's a mistake. The only way to get where you're going, the only way to pass through the valley is by taking one step at a time. What's your next step? Maybe it's you need to forgive someone. Maybe it's you need to connect with someone. Maybe you need to disconnect with someone. Maybe you need to, to decide that in your life that, that you're going to be generous or maybe you need to be baptized or maybe you need to, to start to serve or, or maybe you need to join a life group. All of these things are things that will help you when you're passing through the valley of Baca. But the only way to get through the valley is one step at a time. Psalm chapter 23, verse 4, in that very familiar passage of Scripture, David said, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David was saying, I might be in the valley, but I'm not going to live here. He said, even though I walk. He didn't say, even though I sit, even though I stop. He said, even though I walk. We have to understand that even if we're in the valley, that we, it doesn't have to define us. It doesn't have to, to be our world. You see, the devil wants you to believe that you're in that valley, that you're stuck in that valley, and that you will never, ever get out. The devil wants you just to sit down and to stop taking steps because you're so overwhelmed at looking at the destination and everything that's going to take to get out of that valley. He wants you to be overwhelmed. But you can be stronger in the Lord. You can take one step at a time. Thirdly, you can get stronger in your personal faith. When you're in the valley, you can declare, I'm getting stronger in my personal faith. Verse 7 of Psalm 84 says, They go from strength to strength till each appears before God, Zion. They go from strength to strength. How are you going to get there? There's going to be low points. There's going to be high points. There's going to be valleys. There's going to be mountains. There's going to be twists in the road. There's going to be unexpected detours. There's going to be phone calls that just knock you for a loop. How are you going to get there? How are you going to get through it? How are you going to navigate it? What is the purpose of it? It's in those valleys that you can get stronger in your personal faith. How do you do that? You just keep taking steps. You see, God sees where you are. You might be in the valley. You may be sitting here or listening today and you're in the valley. But David declares you can go from strength to strength. How? How do you get stronger? You keep climbing. How do you get stronger? You keep worshiping. 
somewhere along the way, and this is, this is me, I believe that I've had forgotten how much strength there was in worship. But as you read this and you read the Psalms and, and you understand that, that, that David, he was a worshiper. David danced before God. David played his harp. You want your faith to increase? You want your faith to get stronger? Worship him. Worship him. As many of you know, the last two weeks of, of our lives has been a valley. We're in a valley. I mean, I didn't preach last week, honestly, because I was at the end of my strength. I was at the end of my rope. I mean, just the week before that, I had got and, and preached about how that it was never a question, and someone who was following after God, it should never be a question if they were going to church or not. But I can promise you, I sat on my couch Saturday night trying to decide if I was even coming to church last Sunday. And when my wife asked me, I said, I'm not sure. And I, I think she couldn't believe the words she heard. Somewhat reluctantly, I, I, I just made the decision to come. I didn't just come to one service. I came to both. And as I stood over there and I worshiped and I allowed God's word to, to get into my heart. I could feel my faith getting stronger. By the time I left here last Sunday, I felt a little bit better. Then last Sunday night, I was sitting on my couch once again, and I was, I, I, honestly, I was, once again, I was thinking about the valley. And I was thinking about the amount of steps that it was going to take to get out of that valley. And I had this song come to my mind, and, and I'm sitting on one couch, my wife's on the love seat. My daughter's sitting at the table behind us and, and uh, she's watching TV and, and Reese was doing some kind of artsy thing. And, and I had this song come to my mind and, and I turned it on. I didn't have headphones on. I didn't care that Christy was watching TV. I didn't care what Reese was doing. But this song came to my mind and I turned it up and I turned it up pretty loud. And it was eight minutes long. And my wife was probably thinking... I can't hear my TV show. She may not have been thinking that, but she's spiritual. But but I listened to that song for eight minutes. And, and so when that finished, I thought, man, I, there, I think there's another version. So I Googled the same song and I found another version. This one was almost 11 minutes. So I listened to it too. And I don't know about my wife, but I'm sure my daughter's thinking, really, Dad? But I went to bed with that song on my heart and, and I got up Monday morning and I listened to it again. I believe it was on Friday that, um, no, it was on Thursday. I don't know. Everything's running together. But one day, the end of this week, I decided to drive down to Beckley. It's about a two-hour drive. And I can promise you, this is the truth. I'm not just preaching. You'll catch that later. Um, I put that song on, on repeat, the 11-minute version. And for that two hours, I listened to that song over and over and over again. You say, Pastor, you've lost your mind. 
No, I, I just believe that at some point I had forgot what worship really does. And as I drove down the interstate, God had to be with me because if you've ever driven between Charleston and Beckley, I mean, it's like this the whole way. Um, thank God that I have one of those cars that help, help me steer because as I drove, I just began to, to weep and worship God. And in that, I felt my faith getting stronger. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 through 31 says this, have, have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, never faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, as you look at that passage of Scripture, it says there's going to be moments that you have no strength. There's going to be moments that, that you're going to faint and that your strength's going to fail you. But in the middle of that, it says he will lift you up. How? You worship him. You worship him. You allow him to know that you understand that he is your source. You make a determination that I'm getting stronger. I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna keep going. You make a declaration I'm not at the end of the road. The clock hasn't run out. I can go from strength to strength, from glory to glory. You can make the de declaration that you're getting stronger in Jesus' name. And I believe that somebody needs to hear this today. Somebody needs to understand, and, and you may be here today, and, and you may be in the valley, you may be here today and you may be on the mountaintop. But regardless of where you are, I believe you need to hear this. Because if you're on the mountaintop, I can promise you that the valley's coming. You say, Pastor, you should be more positive. I'm very positive. I'm positive that the valley's coming. Because it's life. Mountaintops and valleys, mountaintops and valleys, they grow together. You may be here today and you say, Pastor, I, I'm in the valley and you feel like you're stuck. But I want to tell you today that you're not stuck, that you're just getting stronger. You're not stuck, you're just getting stronger. I'm here to tell you today that the, the, the same God. Growing up in southern West Virginia, I was raised on southern gospel music. I mean, when I first met my wife, 
I found out that she listened to contemporary Christian music. That almost ended our dating before it ever started. Because being from southern West Virginia, you couldn't get to heaven unless you listened to southern gospel. Thank God he delivered me from that. Using my wife. But growing up, there was this song that uh, I used to listen to. And um, it had a very country twang to it. But it said that life is easy when you're up on the mountain. But the, the God on the mountain was still God in the valley. And when things go wrong, he'll make them right. The God of the good times, still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God in the night. And the genre of music may not resonate in my soul, but man, the words sure do. He's still God. He's still God. He always will be God. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. In the valley or on the mountaintop. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm in the valley, and there's no shame to being in the valley. I mean, I just stood up here in front of all of you and the millions of people watching on the internet and told you that I'm in a valley. There's no shame to that. Why? Because it's life. But the difference is, is that what you do when you're in that valley. That's the difference. Figuring out, declaring that in this valley, I'm getting stronger. So you may be here today and you say, Pastor, I'm in a valley. As everybody bows their head and just want to make it as easy as possible for people to just be completely honest. There's no shame in it. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm in a valley. I feel like I've been there for a long time. I feel like I'm stuck. Would you just slip up your hand? Thank you, thank you, thank you all across this auditorium. I'm in a valley. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm at the end of my strength. I'm in a valley. I'm in the valley of weeping. You've heard me say it once. I've said it hundreds of times. I don't believe God wastes anything. And I believe that everything that we go through that he can use to help other people. And as I look back over the last two weeks and, and I look at what God laid on my heart to, to, to speak on this morning, God loves you that much. He sees right where you are. He knows what you're going through. 
He says, when you're weak, I'm strong. When you're at the end of your rope, when your strength is gone, I'm your strength. Anybody else? I'm going to ask you to stand right where you are. I believe with everything in me that that God is wanting to reassure some people this morning that in this valley, you can get stronger. That in this valley, that he will be your comfort. He will be your strength. He will be your guide. And that you do not have to stay there that you can walk out of that valley one step at a time because on both sides of that valley, there's mountaintops. You're gonna get there. You're gonna get there. Why? Because it's life, ups and downs, mountaintops and valleys. But we can't stop. We can't give up. We can't quit. He's your strength. He's my strength. So if you raised your hand as Rachel plays and and I'm going to pray. When it comes to altar calls, you know, I never have a, honestly, sometimes I, I don't know what I'm going to do before I get up here because every service is different. But for this service, I feel like that there are people here that you you need to declare I'm getting stronger. And you need to do that by taking one step in front of the other. And I believe the first step to that is coming and either standing or kneeling around this altar and letting people pray with you cry with you it's in the valley that you begin to realize relationships because they're so important so much easier so much easier when you have somebody standing beside you telling you to go on I've had an exercise bike before I've had one at the you know, went to the why. It was easy to quit. I didn't have anybody telling me to go on, but now I've got this 30-inch screen in front of me. Somebody looking, looks like they're staring through my soul and they're saying, keep going, keep going. Not much farther, keep going, keep going. And you know what? I find myself thinking, I can do this. I can do this. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. Why is it? Because I've got somebody there standing beside me and you need that somebody. And I believe it can start today. So as I pray, as Rachel plays, I'm going to ask you, come and declare, I'm getting stronger. 
Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you right now. God, there's so many times. God, that the valley seems so long, so wide. So dry. God, there's times that we feel stuck. We see no way out. But God, I thank you. I thank you for the promise that we're not stuck. God, I thank you for the realization of knowing that you are my strength. God, you're my strength. You're my source. God, I pray. God, for those that are here today, God, for those who are listening, God, that feel stuck in the valley, God, give them strength to go on. Give them strength to keep going forward. God, give them the reassurance to know that they're not stuck, that they are just getting stronger. Stronger in the relationship with you. God, make us worshipers. God, let us know, Father, when we cry out to you that you hear us. God, give us people to walk with us every step of the way. God, in your name.
I want to give you one more thing. In, in verse 6 of that chapter of 80, uh, 84th chapter of Psalms, it says, As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. And the early rain also covers it with pools. And I believe God's wanting to tell us that when we're in the valley of Baca, that if we will... dig a well that he'll fill it because in the valley it's dry when you're in the valley you feel like that that you're so thirsty and he says if you'll just dig a well he says I'll fill it even while you're in the valley so that you can be refreshed as you walk. So I encourage you, dig some wells. Let him turn them into pools. And you do that just by worshiping him, crying out to him. I pray that something was said today that that if you're in the valley that you've received some encouragement. If you're on the mountaintop, maybe you've had some preparation. But I pray that you go today knowing that God loves you and that He is your source and He is your strength. And it's only through Him. The Bible says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by His Spirit. He's your source. He's your strength. Don't give up. Keep walking through the valley. We love you. I pray you have a great week. Please come see us on Wednesday. It would do, uh, do the kids' workers great, and uh, it would uh, do your pastor great as well, just to see everybody out together, getting life back to somewhat normal. We love you. Have a great, great week.